0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Hollywood Rx. The doctors are in. Doctors D and G, that is. How are you doing, Dr. D?
1: I'm doing very well. I hope that tonight you and I are kind of in sync with each other. That We're not going to have any great big knockdown, drag-out brawls. But who knows? Uh, Who knows? That's always the exciting part. Because we could just come down on two opposite sides. You used the B word
0: before we even even started.
1: Brawl. I don't even... Oh, brawl. Yeah, okay. (laughs) It's (laughs) fine.
0: Tonight, we are going down the road of A Quiet Place, the John Krasinski co-written and directed silent thriller. Dr. D, you saw it how long ago? I saw it yesterday.
1: I saw it more ago than yesterday. I think I saw it on opening weekend, maybe on the Sunday.
0: Far out, but
1: it, but it is it is vivid in my memory,
0: and it's vivid in mine too. What uh, what was uh, what was your feeling?
1: I had two two prongs of it. One is like how I felt when I was actually there, and now how I feel as it has gone. You know, as I have lived with it for a couple of days. While I was there, I was having a, a high old time. I was really enjoying myself. As was uh, my wife, she is the the thriller horror movie. I'm not sure how many genres this thing splits. I've heard even Western. I heard somebody say Western. She was having a great time, and that adds to my percentage. So if I'm having like, a, like an 80%, 82%, she bumps it to 92. If I'm having a 95% good time, she blows it over 100. So I was having a lot of fun. I was having to be forgiving about a bunch of things as it went along and go, I'll buy that for the fun that I'm having. Um, eventually I feel like I ended up doing a little bit too much of that, but generally hmm. speaking, I had a great time watching it. Interesting. Yes.
0: How about you? I felt, I feel, you know, our polarity has reversed a little bit tonight because Ooh you the way you felt with what you just described was how i felt with black panther i was having a great time oh, and i was willing right. to forgive a whole lot of stuff whereas you were really incensed and by the laziness in certain respects and that's exactly right. how i felt here is i liked the elements that i liked so much that it made me i was infuriated at 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 the shortcuts and the little cheats that they were doing here and there. Okay. Yeah. It's like, it was good. I thought it was good. Definitely. But it was like, this could have been really amazing.
1: I agree with you. I agree with you. I think it became like a good ride, but it fell short of like, possibly even being like a masterpiece by shoring up a few of the, uh, sort of, I don't know.
0: Yeah. In the right hands. It could have, Oh, you said oh, you don't think he, he no, was well, capable? No no no. Oh, I oh, wait. no, 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 no. No, 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 no. That came out wrong. I didn't mean that Krasinski didn't do a good job. He did a great job.
1: Okay, okay.
0: But I don't know, frankly, if he would have been the one to fully capture all the, the, the pregnant possibilities of this story. Gotcha, you, gotcha. You. Without the shortcuts.
1: Okay, so let's let's leave the quick takes behind and sort of really start digging into it since it feels yeah, like we're screw already, those. We're already well, up to our uh...
0: – You know, for me, almost right out of the gate, mm-hmm. I was having issues with the choices and I was having a hard time believing what was going on. And that's actually specifically with that whole thing with the little kid, with, with, yeah. with the youngest one. Part of me was just like, why are you even bringing a kid, right? Right. Right. And then they go through the medicine bottles and she just takes out the pills she need. I'm like, why wouldn't you just stuff cotton balls in all of those and take everything with you so you don't have right. to risk another run to get two more aspirin or whatever? <laughs> okay? Yes, then, yes. Okay, so then – they say no. Like they find the plane that the the Challenger. No, you can't. We can't take it. It's too risky. It's too noisy. Whatever. They take off, leaving the two kids behind. Right. And then she she gives him the plane, and that that already kind of bothered me because I'm like, <laughs> well, wait a second. Then if he gets busted, it's gonna look like he did it. If you right. really like, if you really want to like. Like do something nice for him or he's going to have to put it in your backpack, put yeah, it in the yeah. backpack that you've got on and then yes. give it to him later. You know what right. I mean? Like, OK, right. <laughs> so then he takes the batteries. Fine. And I'm even uh-huh. willing. I'm, I'm, I mean, this is all just a part of my brain. Right. Yes, I'm even willing yes. to kind of like let this stuff go. And then they walk single file down that bridge and the little and the weakest one is in the back. The little kid. I – you you tell me if I'm wrong because I'm not a parent. But my paternal instinct was coming up like, you idiot. What are you doing? One parent should be in the back always. You can't let a little kid just drift off. So (laughs) I kind of was like, well, that's what you get for leaving your kid in the back.
1: Uh, Right. Tactically, tactically speaking, I think the rear is almost as important – in a tactical way, as the front. So let's pretend they weren't children, but they were adults. You still wouldn't want to have Don Knotts at the back. Right. You'd want to have, you know, uh, uh, I can't think of anybody the opposite of Don Knotts. (laughs) (laughs) Really, Um, you can't? Okay. No, no, no. Um, Who I was going to say, wait, I was going to say the Australian actor from, uh, who throws through his telephone at his assistant, um, Crow, Russell Crowe. You'd still want right. Russell Crowe at the Right, point.
0: you want someone behind Gunn Knotts to, to keep him going yeah. when he starts walking not Jane,
1: like a bitch. Not, not Jane Russell, which was the name that was stuck in my head. That like, would have been... Jane,
0: <laughs> Although she pre- you know better. what, though? Honestly, she probably would have kept gun <laughs> Knotts in line, too.
1: That's true. That's true. <laughs> so, okay, now, I, I was sort of going to... I was having you get that off your chest because certainly I had some similar things to say about that first scene. But now I'm going to go back to our... Whatever the pat, whatever the uh, method was on Black Panther, and say let's talk about the things we liked before we both start shitting on it, because I do feel like there were a ton of really nice uh, sequences and really nice just moments in here, maybe more than your average bear, Oh definitely. More than your average thriller, definitely. And I think just the the premise itself of you know you can't make any noise.
0: Yes. However, is is a
1: really exciting one because we make noise all day long, even when we're not thinking about it. Even my my stomach, my throat makes a noise. You know, I have my mouth open and I hear a gurgling noise. I'm like, oh Jesus!
0: I loved (laughs) the emphasis on silence of of ambient sound. I really like that. However, I believe that they cheated a lot Mm -hmm. in, in in moments. If it was more apparent that it was shot silent and mixed as you know and remixed oh, post I see post shooting as as little as possible then that would have been really interesting to me because there is, has to be a level of noise that doesn't of low noise that doesn't attract them otherwise every you know twig that falls from a tree is right. going to set them off you know right right I, I I find it hard to believe that after 89 days, that there's a, an old-fashioned bicycle still standing upright in front of that drugstore.
1: <laughs> uh, you know? Sure. There's so sure.
0: many things that could just tip over or, or fall or whatever, you know, while you just happen to be around that, it, yeah, it just wasn't. Right.
1: That you, you would almost need to go through and even before you went into the store – yeah, I'm, if I'm following your logic correctly, they would have had to approach the store, and go, "Oh shit, that bicycle is standing up and could fall over. We need to lay it down before we go inside."
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Right, because exactly. we don't want to be trapped in there. Okay, and, um, and and
0: similarly, you don't let your 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 youngest one just wander aimlessly around the store. Either he's fucking tethered to you, or you right. tell him to stay in one spot and shut no, the fuck
1: up. I understand. I think I think we've covered the, the, anyway, the flaws anyway, in the first no, that's scene true. thoroughly No, but no mean, that, was, that was but that was <laughs> our example of going back and looking at the things about it we liked.
0: There, <laughs> no, no, it's yin yang. There there's no there's no like without a dislike. It doesn't matter what uh, it almost about... doesn't matter what scene you're talking about.
1: No, hang on. It matters too. No, 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 I'm no, not no, no. gonna thing... I'm not Okay, okay, go, go ahead. I'm saying the scene where he comes over the hill and sees the red lights. That's, I love that.
0: Yeah, no, that was great. Okay, that was, so that yes, doesn't that have a yang. Great.
1: That only has a yin or whatever it is. Okay, that
0: only has a yin. yes, yeah, okay. <laughs> All right,
1: okay. Uh, he goes into the bathroom and finds blood in the bathtub, and his wife is gone, and he has an intensely emotional reaction to that. I loved that. Yeah, that was great. Okay, there was no flip side to that. Okay, Jesus. Okay, so no, I, I understand. Well, that's what I'm saying is that is that I want to get – I want to shed ourselves at this moment of the things about it that we had to forgive while we were watching it or ignore or whatever and just truly say here were some really special things that happened or that I responded to in some uh, – the positive experience of the whole thing, and then we can go back and and tear it apart. You're, I won't go later. I won't go. Well, you said you'd like the thus and such. I'll go. Okay, yeah. This was the right. counterbalance okay. to the okay. thus so and
0: such. Okay, so then so then why don't you um so so why not you keep going? You you
1: doing a good riff on the positive. Okay. I will do that. I liked I liked the idea that they had the detail that they had kind of soft things on their monopoly playing pieces cotton that's, balls that's what attracted hard...
0: me to this in the, from the trailer
1: oh really okay Yeah. see I, again I didn't really uh, didn't really know what was going on all I knew was John John Krasinski A Quiet Place a, a horror thriller and I was done I didn't even want to see if they hear you they'll hunt you because that you know don't let them hear you would be as much as I needed I didn't need the hear and hunt each each in red somebody poetry their, uh, yeah, yeah the
0: slam poetry of
1: uh, trailers <laughs> Somebody earned their copywriter, yeah, uh, exactly, <laughs> uh, uh, salary that day. Johnson, have a cookie. Let's see. I thought this isn't about what was in the movie; it's about what was in the audience, which was quiet. Yeah, in a way that you don't get to enjoy usually. It's there were true. two exceptions. I was eating popcorn, and Doreen made me stop. For Good. which I was for which I was bitter about. You, well, but I doubled down. I doubled down on my bitterness when she wouldn't stop talking. Like, <laughs> usually, we're in a movie and there's enough noise going on on the screen to barely cover her uh, uh, rather vocal inquiries about where did where did she get those shoes? Do you think or whatever? She doesn't mean in the fictional world. She means in the actual world. Um, so so I eventually had to stuff my bu- popcorn bucket over her head in order to uh, <laughs> now Adam to this, turn that This down, episode
0: but, is not about you know. <laughs> The trouble in my marriage. How about you? You get that (laughs) off your chest there. there. (laughs) No, no.
1: Okay. That's fine. But aside from those two sources of noise being the dualies themselves. Yes. uh, It wasn't a, we weren't there at a time where it was a really packed theater, but it was a very quiet theater and that was exciting. Um, I'm super tired of Transformers and, uh, you know, Avengers and all these movies that have, uh, you know, so much sound just that it's just deafening. Yeah. what's going on on the soundtrack, which I know is impressive from the side of keeping track of all those noises and all the sound editing that has to go on there. But this, you know, made you focus on the screen so much harder. It just be, it just made made me more hyper aware. And so it was a different viewing experience in that way. And that's part what partly why I was sort of letting other things go because I was enjoying being in that space. <clears throat> which I thought was really um, neat and it made me think about it made me think about uh, get out and how that felt like, you know some from, you know to be in a, in a in a horror thriller type genre, but be looking at it with new eyes or from a new angle, something I hadn't thought about before. And I really started thinking a lot about how not that these two are a pair that there's anything really. You know, a quiet place doesn't, as far as I can tell, have any real sort of political agenda or social agenda or anything like that, which I think was part and parcel of Get Out. You know, right. what if Get what at, what if Get Out had been directed by you know uh, what's that guy's name who does the Hostel, the movie, the Hostel movies? And, Eli Roth. Eli Roth. What if it had been directed by Eli Roth? Oh my
0: God!
1: Instead of instead of a black. Man with a sense of humor. How how then it would have the way in which you would receive it would be a different thing, even if everything was exactly the same. Hmm. I think it wouldn't land in the same way. So anyway, I'm trying to think of like some other really kind of special moments for me. I thought the moment I liked the idea that occasionally we'd <clears throat> we would see things from her POV, but they would also do the sound. Of her POV, which is essentially now sound is gone,
0: right? You mean the daughter
1: that even yeah, the daughter that even that low level of sound that we were hearing in general, that would disappear completely and maybe be maybe be replaced by some sort of type noise or some white noise
0: or or some but, muffled sound like like yeah. water clogging your ears,
1: right? That's right, exactly, exactly, and so uh, then that was used to such uh, great effect with that shot where she's. On the, on a road in the cornfield or something, and and she is futzing with her cochlear implant. Yeah, <clears throat> and we see that it's behind her, but she's got no sound at all, and it just it amplifies how vulnerable she that character is, and 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 so on, and that yeah. she sort of inadvertently saves her own life, and we know it because we saw it, and we understand how it happened, or we have an inkling of how it might have happened. But all of that was like an exciting piece of business to me, isolated by itself.
0: Agreed. So those Agreed. are just. Some... I uh, I like the relationship with her and her brother. I like that. Yes. I like when they, I like when they had their little, their little sequence on their own. Mm-hmm.
1: The two kids, you mean?
0: Yes, the two kids.
1: You mean specifically up on the up on the, uh, the silo, or more in the silo or on the silo. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> right. Yeah,
0: I liked I liked uh, how they used the the plank that came down with him. That the, yeah, right,
1: the 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 door itself, the, you know. Yeah, the,
0: when it when it became their shield, that was very cool.
1: Yes, it's sort of what weird because you're holding on to it for dear life. It's what's keeping you from sinking, but you also need to put it between you and something else. Yeah, it's a it's a tricky bit of physics, but yes, I I liked that too. What else for you?
0: I liked that bit in the flooded basement when Oh yeah, when she's she holding realize the baby that that thing is underwater. I'm sorry, which thing? The the creature.
1: Oh, the creature is like water. in the right. water with her, yeah, when he Yeah, goes sub surface. Yes. I like the beat where she's holding the baby and backing up and essentially uses <clears throat> some piece of the structure above her and becomes a waterfall. And gives her cover. Excuse me. Yes. Um, Speaking of which, I absolutely adored, adored Krasinski and the son at the waterfall behind it. Not only talking, the first real dialogue I think we hear in the movie, Mm -hmm. but howling. Just the freedom that that boy finally had after being so scared for so long. You know, something like two years. Yeah. I almost wish that it had taken place behind the waterfall. I would have felt I thought it did. No, I thought well, they I thought they ducked behind it. Do they go Doesn't behind matter. it? Okay.
0: I mean, I realize it's tough to have like that intimate a conversation.
1: Yeah. But I, I think it was, but I am not sure. <clears throat> at least that's how it felt in my head, but you you may very well be right. So I felt like there was, you know, at least a handful, maybe even as many as two handfuls of just tiny little beats that I That I liked. I mean, I even liked essentially the way he shows us that the nail now gets bent up and now we just have to wonder when it's going to happen.
0: Oh, you thought the nail was moved up higher than it was because of that snag
1: incident? Yes, She, she presumably, to my interpretation of it, she presumably bends the nail that had been pounded flat, bends it to the point where it's upright. Pulling on the, on her back. I didn't get
0: that. I thought it was, that when it was finally revealed to us, it was
1: always. Oh, no, because then what purpose Because does... I'm
0: like, what... how on earth would they have not noticed that or dealt with it before now?
1: Because she, her, she bent it just there. I mean, there's no point in her getting her thing snagged and yanking and yanking and yanking. Unless it's going to. Is she. Means, means something.
0: Is there a shot of that? Do we, yeah. do we see oh, a shot of the nail of moving?
1: It. Did I just sort of blink and miss there's it? There's a there's a close up of it. It may be two. It may not have read for you, but I
0: mean a shot def- of the, I mean a shot of the nail in motion being being um, yanked. I think the way they
1: work it is that she is pulling on it and you see it bending, but it's bending from something like a three degree angle to a five-degree angle when you see it. Now you cut to her pulling again, a couple other shots. Now you go back, and the thing is at about 25% of an angle. Hmm. And then eventually when she pulls it free, you see it standing straight up, and the implication is that it has been pulled straight. But I don't know if they literally had shots where you are seeing it move any significant distance.
0: Well, all right, maybe I missed it. I'll take your word
1: for it all right we can always double check on that later we'll get our people to look that up yes
0: that's right that's right the hollywood rx intern
1: yes oh please write (laughs) 3106 send your applications too now all right so but but here ultimately
0: here's the thing for me and, and this yeah for all the you know the sequences that were effective the bottom line is I was infuriated by the fact that she was pregnant.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I'm like, that. wait a second! Right. You
0: you you you're living in a situation where a sound can kill you. How do you think you're gonna? How do you think you're gonna have a baby and not make right. a sound? Right. Honestly, in those in that situation, yeah. birth control should have been your fucking breakfast cereal. <laughs> this never even should have come up. As a, what do we do? Do we keep it? Do we not keep it?
1: Well, I'm not even sure what not keeping it looks like in that post-apocalyptic thing. Okay. Uh, Yes. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Yes, I, I basically agree with you. I feel as though, you see, the filmmakers just basically went, there's an absolutely imperative scene where either where, uh, they straight out discuss with each other somewhere between 89 days and 462 days, somewhere at about at about day 150 where they have a discussion about the fact that she's pregnant and that what are we gonna do and we'll figure it out or whatever. Um, or possibly even the conception and not even under, not even hearing that they that she's pregnant, but watching them together, uh, you know, and things are getting frisky and they're starting to make love. And then they sort of have this moment where they both go, fuck it, we need to do this. Um, so you don't then have to have the conversation where she pees on a stick, where they go to the, that same place and have another kid killed so that she can get the uh, the, um, the, pregnancy the pregnancy test.
0: test. Yeah.
1: Right. So the filmmaker said, we don't want to have to deal with that as exposition. and they And they removed it. Um, relying on us to do a fair amount of heavy lifting that we had to go, uh, all right. So they lost a child. and In the pain and grief of the loss of that child, they felt like having another one. And then not only did they feel like it, but they somehow thought this is going to be okay. Despite what childbirth requires, they thought we know enough about how to protect ourselves now to do this without.
0: Or perhaps they thought, what are the odds you know, like we're not exactly doing it every night. So, what are the odds at this one time?
1: Right, but if it's if it was a what are the odds type decision, then then we do need to have the conversation, or then then that would result in the conversation. If he went, "You're what?" You know, "Oh my God, how could you let that happen?" You know, so uh,
0: I would actually he... love to have seen that scene. <laughs> However, it he played can't out, say anything, too. but he, but but all his outrage is is going into the sign into sign language <laughs> right also so that they would have to do question mark exclamation point question mark in the <laughs> subtitles
1: right in, in, right but i have to be the subtitles i forgot <laughs> um uh that's awesome so yeah i had some problems with that too but that became the least of my problems when it came time for her to have a baby But I want to roll back a little bit and start getting into... uh, I I want to talk about one quick thing and then go back chronologically in the film and start bagging on it. I wanted to check with you about how you felt about the various performances, mostly of Krasinski, Emily Blunt, and uh, Millicent... uh, What is her last name? Simmons. Um, Simmons. Simmons. I
0: thought everyone was fine. Everyone worked... Krasinski didn't have... What little was there emotionally for them to convey, I thought they did very well, right. given what we saw. I'm not sure that they couldn't have explored some of the characters in the war, but they were fine. You know, I really hate to say this, but uh, yeah, the girl Simmons, yeah, I kept thinking, oh man, the whole time I was watching it, I was like, man. Kurt Russell's love child. <laughs> okay, and it just kind of made me wish Kurt Russell was in it.
1: Oh, instead of uh, instead of John Krasinski.
0: I don't know. I mean, I think there's an alternate universe where John Carpenter directed this with Kurt
1: Russell. And... <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Um, here's the thing. I think I think John Krasinski is uh, Krasinski. Sorry, is well cast because. He is sort of an everyman. So if if it had been Bruce Willis or it had been Kurt Russell, their history True. as ass kickers would have made you go, oh, "Okay, he's gonna." There's no, he's untouchable somehow, which would have its own benefit because it would play against the you know surprise later on. If it was Bruce, Will- well, Bruce Willis, you might expect him to die because he has been willing to die in the past. But you know what I'm saying. If you put yeah. a... If you put... Clint Eastwood in there. You put some kind of marquee guy, tough guy guy. Uh, uh, who's the one from the Fast and the Furious movies? Uh, Vin Diesel and his family. <laughs> I'm sorry. It takes all the heart out of it when you trying to do that. It's The Rock. Yeah. Then if he... Uh, when, jo- when Krasinski stands there with a what did he have not a hoe what did he pick up an axe yeah against a, a creature that they've already established basically is invul- is invulnerable to bullets y- you know it's not going to go very well in fact even his impulse to pick up the axe I go I'm not quite sure what he was thinking about doing with that he could have accomplished the same thing by yelling
0: well yeah no but I think I think he I mean I think mean, he took it as a precaution because you never know Maybe he was hoping to jam it in the thing's mouth.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, they seem to have some pretty, pretty wicked, handy but he, finger things he, too. But. He,
0: but I mean, he he relies on it when this thing is on top of him. Yeah. You know, and in, in, in a kind of like, oh shit, it's behind me. I'm just going to swing and you know, like take a chance.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know what I mean. So yeah. going back again to the performances, yeah. I, I liked what he did. I thought Emily Blunt did a did a you know a good job without like crossing yeah. over into cheesy whatever she she had you know they sort of both of their performances are more of a naturalistic style and so they kind of grounded a little bit and in fact if we're talking about like kick ass things Emily Blunt is a pretty is pretty well cast there too because um, quite aside from the fact that she's his wife and they have a built in chemistry together that we can all enjoy when we watch the movie. She she could certainly easily play uh, somebody who's relatively helpless, but because of her involvement in Edge of Tomorrow, or as I like to call it, "Lived I Repeat," she's a she is a kick ass. She's an action star.
0: Mm, yes. Are you familiar and, course, with that
1: film? I, I can't remember if you've seen Edge of Tomorrow or not. I think maybe not.
0: No, I didn't. I don't I don't oh, uh, I don't pay to see I don't pay to see Tom Cruise movies.
1: <laughs> well, then I'm going to have to Sorry. buy a copy and send it to you. It's one of my favorite movies. I
0: suspect as with most of the movies he's in, <laughs> I would like them a lot better if it was someone else besides
1: him in it. Oh, dude. This he's but, perfect in this. Is he? Okay. He's he's, he's cast against type. He's okay. or he's he's cast what his true type is. He's basically in the um in the type of whatever the name of Bobbitt, whatever the name of the character was in Rain Man. Mm, okay. Um,
0: yeah, it, it's the Dick Tom Cruise.
1: Yeah, he's he's a selfish, shallow guy who's in the army in the sort of PR department, but never gets his hands dirty, and he's forced to get his hands dirty, and he has to get them filthy, and it changes who he is, and it's. It's a, hmm. it's a. I think it's a great time travel movie. It's one of my favorite time travel movies, and
0: uh, oh, she man. is phenomenal just, in it. Oh man, talk about spoilers! You just, <laughs> you just. I had thought it was like a simultaneous reality dream.
1: Oh well. Escape
0: that that's jumping back and forth and has us wondering which one is real.
1: Oh uh, well, you would have been quickly disabused of that notion. But go on.
0: Okay, but no, because in the trailer, she says, she says find me when you wake up. Yes,
1: she does. I'm not going to tell you why that matters. I could explain it all to you, but that would ruin the pleasure of the movie.
0: I, I will watch it for free.
1: Uh, excellent. Uh, we'll, we'll make that happen somehow. Um, and then we can talk about it. Oh, my God, I'm so excited. Ooh. So, you're mocking me. I believe you're mocking me. Anyway, so for her, since her thing is be a regular person and then hint that you're going to be an ass-kicker, that works perfectly for me because I know her from that movie where she is...
0: An ass-kicker.
1: An ass-kicker. I mean, she's just hellfire raining down. She's awesome. So, and I liked Millicent Simmons. I sort of knew... I didn't know who she was before I went. I didn't know that her hearing... Uh, concerns were real.
0: So you didn't obviously see Wonderland, the movie she did? Uh,
1: one, wonder, wonderstruck. No, I didn't wonderstruck. see it. Wonderstruck. I do I do want to see it. I didn't see it. And I could tell just from the way she was acting, meaning the way she held her body and used her body, I said, that actress actually is deaf. Wow. I, I couldn't tell you what she did. There was one point where she sort of pushed him away, but she didn't use her hands to push him away. Her father she used yeah. her forearm like as though she was holding a shield and pushing somebody away. Interesting. Um, so that her arm was, uh, what would you call that, horizontal across her chest. Yeah, right. I remember that. She just that, pushed it at him. And I went, somehow that's the gesture of a deaf person. That's how she's doing it. I don't know why yeah. that made me think that at that moment. Good but. for you. Anyway, I just wanted to make notes about those those things about their performances. Uh, jumping back to that first scene, I was so happy when that little piece of shit died. Yeah, great. I do not have to spend another second worrying about what he, what hell he's going to bring down on them. It's already happened.
0: The sacrificial lamb.
1: Yes, they need that structurally so that we go. That's those are the stakes. If you make a noise, you're dead and you're gone. And so we had to not just take their word for it. We had to see it. You know, in much the same way that in like a horror film where somebody's wielding an axe, first they they swing it and it smashes the lamp to pieces. And then when they swing it the second time and it hits the person, it's now not really an axe. But we've seen it break something. So we know it's dangerous. Uh, Functionally, that's what it does. You're absolutely right. Here, fuck all of the other suggestions you made. Leave the mother at home. Sorry, leave the mother at home with the kid. Don't take everybody. Thank you. Stay, yeah, you know i don't i don't they may not have had their perfect little house in the the woods put together yet
0: yeah wherever no, you they are you stay there and they be already quiet. had a, they already had a red alert system in place obviously anticipating that they would be separate at some point or they could be separate at some point that that was going to be well yeah but i mean
1: if they were if they, they both were they in may, the same room at the yes. same time so yes yeah. They may not have had that at 89 days, but you are absolutely correct. Before there was any kind of problem, 90 days earlier, you would have kept a fucking eye on that kid because he, was, he would wander out to traffic or whatever the natural world threats are. You would right. have to worry that he would encounter them. So to make him last in line, completely ridiculous, she gives him the toy and later she feels guilty because it's her fault he was killed. She's absolutely right. It is her fault she was killed and <laughs> <his> <laughs> fault. The only person who – there's two people whose fault it isn't, the other boy and me. Everyone else in, <laughs> that's involved in the situation is at fault.
0: Um, um, that is true. Idea, no, in fact, you're, I, I, I yeah. felt uh, during the movie, I felt like, you know, she blames herself for his death. And Krasinski kind of tries to, to mollify that. No, wait a minute. If anyone, shouldn't he also be feeling yes. like,
1: you yes. know, a little, like a he child. didn't run
0: fast enough? He didn't get yeah. there. He could have
1: saved his kid. Or he should have had somebody in back. I mean, absolutely. They all are... And presumably they all are complicit. suffering and in grief, but they're all complicit. When a child dies, the the surviving parents end up blaming themselves and blaming each other, each other, and the right. relationship completely unravels, and there's a divorce. I just thought of something. First of all, your idea that she that they would just take all the medication, whatever was there, they would clean it out, is absolutely fantastic. I love the idea of putting cotton balls in there. I don't know if. Taking the lid off and putting the cotton ball in, there's so many steps there that that feels in and of itself um, more dangerous than just putting them all in a bag somehow. Well, possibly, and then, or just accepting. I, I don't know. I don't know. Doesn't matter. They should have taken everything.
0: But not as dangerous, I think, as getting out the specific number you need. It's the same opening.
1: You can make an argument that her reaching back and just trying to pick up that one thing that was on its yeah. side. Is the pick-up pick sticks way to do it because you're I- interfering with less bottles? On the other hand, trying to reach over and pick it up is the most complicated. Take the two that are in front, move them aside, and just get the one you want, but do it all stealthily mm. and with some precision uh, would certainly be better. But they sort of wanted them to be a little clumsy about it in the beginning. But the business about not keeping their kids fucking in line is unforgivable. <laughs> yes, it so is. I had to go, okay <laughs> – I, I, I had to go – Okay, this is a horror movie, and one of the one of the staples of horror movies is that characters are going to do dumb things. And this was the indication that they are capable of doing dumb things. They then tried to show them as being much smarter and much more mature, and that have their shit together later. But that was a terrible, stupid mistake, and I, I had to do a great deal of like, okay, I'm just going to completely give them that one, so we can see what happens next. Right. Uh, unfortunately, those things started to pile up on me. Uh, sort of fast and furious. Um, here's just some some random stuff, which is that they go out of their way for him to take the boy to the waterfall, and it then creates this... Oh, wait, I want to stop and say something. I want to go back to fix something. Okay, good. Uh, that's why I paused, because I'd lost the tail of something. Good. You had said ha, they take all of them. Let's say they don't take all the pills, right? But now let's add in the scene where we see them making love, and they don't have a rubber. And they decide to do it anyway, right? Right. We see that we see that scene. So it doesn't mean jumping all four hundred days in the front. It has to be, you know, however minus minus the the ten months or minus three hundred days, whatever it is, right? It's day one hundred and fifty. We see them bang it out, right? And it's baby making sex, right? They're really going for it, okay? Yeah. And then and then she wakes up in the morning and the bed is empty right? Uh, he's not next to her. And it's a little bit like, oh dear, where is he? So on and so forth. She goes down. He basically comes in from outside in such a way that you get the sense he was on a, a bit of a trip. And he comes back to her and he holds up his hand. He opens his hand. There's a pill in it. It's a morning after pill. Then you could deal with the idea. You don't even need words.
0: In my version, yes. they would be starting to get it on. Yes, has a Hot and heavy baby making. Style, yeah, and then <laughs> yes, and, and they stop and look at each other, and he kind of looks off, and then we just cut to the drugstore sign, and then back to his miserable face, <laughs> something like that.
1: Before I got you, I got you, I got you. like that. But funny, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't jump at the right point.
0: Yeah, I didn't mean to go all, all Sergey Eisenstein, <laughs> on that. yeah, yeah we, exactly. We, like, no, battles, my, my collision montage theory of uh, battleship Potemkin,
1: right? Yeah. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> uh, so anyway, that was just one little thing that had crossed my mind that there were ways to to play with that that idea rather than just ignore it completely. But I understand that it slows down the whole. Let's keep this moving forward type thing and let the audience worry about it, which is didn't make us happy. So when we had to, and I had to wrestle with that. Okay, here's the thing. There's a lot of discussion in my group about how, I mean, like, I know in film you can compress time. And we were cutting away from her to other areas of action, like the field, where the kids were each having their own encounters with monsters. And, and John, as he was, you know, doing his whatever it was, right? And so we're cutting between all these areas of action. Now, unless this is, um, unless this is, oh, God, I'm so bad at this. Uh, Stephen, Hawking. Um, <laughs> no, this is going to be a good game because you're just going to keep saying people with the last name Stephen, and then we'll have to put them all on the list. Um, Stephen Spielberg. No, no, no. Yeah, from the from the Batman series. He directed the Batman series. I can't think of his last name.
0: Christopher Nolan.
1: Christopher Nolan is name Stephen.
0: <laughs> oh well, there's an S T. I can see how.
1: <laughs> yes, there you go. Christopher Nolan. Ah, uh, shit. So, we have these different areas of action, and it's not Christopher Nolan, where each area is taking place in its own time zone. In a, in, time is spilling out at a different pace in each of these areas. Presumably, they're all happening simultaneously, and presumably... Such is she, the
0: grammar of film.
1: Yes, and presumably, she had that baby in about eight and a half minutes.
0: That was a pretty speedy delivery, it was an, for a non, for, even for a third time. Though. For a
1: third time, unless, you know, it's just... It's just crazy how quickly she had it. And even if she can manage to get through it without making a noise, without Mm -hmm. doing the breathing you're supposed to do and everything else, and and that was Mm -hmm. fine. We had lots of close-ups of her. And I think those close-ups were supposed to convey, now a baby is coming out of her, but I couldn't tell. She Mm -hmm. wasn't making the baby emerging face uh, more uh, clearly enough for me. Well, that's
0: how good she is. She doesn't have to make it
1: there's a very good likelihood that the baby will make a noise once it's born exactly so so even if you manage to dodge all those other bullets and I know their plan wasn't for her to have it you know early uh, uh, that they they had a sounder a soundish proof area they were gonna do it and then they were gonna throw it in a baby coffin oh my god um, <laughs> that, um that that just little oxygen mask Yeah, have this little oxygen mask so that he could cry but not make noise, and he could still breathe. Oh, they thought of everything. Yeah, they thought to take that from the drugstore, <laughs> right? Well, no, no, they had to go back on a separate trip.
0: Well, at
1: least once, <laughs> right? Well, what'd be funny is maybe they had six kids at the beginning of the the beginning of the um, the uh, in- invasion, and we only picked them up after they lost the the third one.
0: That's right. It should have been called a quiet Brady place.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. So. That thing was another thing that really bothered because now we have this baby, this this miraculously silent baby that we have to worry about as well. I guess as
0: soon as we as soon as we saw she was pregnant, I was
1: like, "You idiots!" Right, right. Um, Let me ask you a question: Do you think was the purpose of her stepping on the nail story wise? Did that bring on the early labor? Oh. Well, she um, she because I confess I don't I don't know I don't know about those right. sorts of things. Because I feel like having somebody step on a nail and then have them give birth seems like why bother with the nail? It's inconsequential in relation to the larger problem. But I guess somebody in the meeting to, must have said they she can't just suddenly start giving birth early or or you know, he wouldn't go away on his road trip if she were about to give birth and she can't just suddenly give birth early without a reason or it's just way yeah. too Convenient. No, no, no. no.
0: You, you, you're absolutely correct. For the setup that they gave the nail, it was not the payoff when it when it finally showed up. Right. You know, and frankly, why didn't the creature (laughs) step on? Well, that's just it. Is I
1: figured okay, she she was able to tell the kids to watch out for the nail by signing to them, and we didn't see that, so they didn't step on the nail. But I just kept waiting to see who else would step on the nail, including the creature. I thought this will be. I'll get up and walk out. If the creature steps on the nail, on the other hand, there's no way the creature shouldn't step on the nail. In fact, it should step on the nail, and because it is impervious, it should drive the nail through the floor in the other direction. So we're all sitting there waiting to see the the creature get its foot pierced, and it doesn't get pierced. Anyway, I was spitballing that.
0: Yeah, you know what? When the creature steps on it, it ironically bends it back. It bends it back down.
1: (laughs) And no one gets hurt by it again. Roll it's the credits. Right. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> All the irony. So I had a bunch of issues around yeah. that, and I didn't really understand, like, why the kids weren't allowed to go into his secret room where he had his crazy stuff on the boards. Here's one of the things I absolutely hated. I just forgot just remembered it now. We see her out in the field, and we see the monster, and we see her fucking with her ear thing, and it's bothering her, and she turns it off, and it gets closer, and she turns it back on, and it runs away because the frequency of this one is just terrible for it, and it runs off. So wow! now we know, or almost everybody in the audience should know, that that's what's doing it. And then we see it a second time. We see it happen a second time where she's like somewhere in the house or something. I don't remember what it was. Where, similarly, we see that it's definitely being affected by her earpiece, even if she doesn't realize why it's running away. Right. It backs off of her, and wow, somehow that's a miracle. So now we've seen her spared twice, and even the slowest of us in the audience now know that it's the headpiece, okay? And then we have this painful, painful John Hughes level. Who's the other one who did Sixth Sense? Uh, M. Night Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan, Yes. Uh, This painful sequence where she is looking at the board in his office and looking at the thing and she's putting it all together and it requires six or eight shots for her for us to demonstrate how she puts it together how she's catching up with us for me each of those shots was more painful because I was just waiting for her to get to me and I do feel like that could have been compressed somehow. But I think it's That's also true. just yeah, in case the way it
0: was laid out in it case not, it was not anticipating a smart
1: audience. Right. In case there's absolutely, you know, at least a handful of idiots out there, we're going to have to show it piece by piece as though the girl is putting it together in silence so that, you know, she can take her action and do her thing. And her action and her thing was fine. But I just found that really, that's... I always say, I know I've said it to you before, and I don't know if the audience has heard me say this before or not. Our listeners, not audience, listeners. That, as in John Hughes playing Strains in Automobiles, where we have to watch Steve Martin and see a montage of different scenes and things right. that John Candy said, uh, so that now <laughs> he realizes, wait a minute, he lives alone! And then he rushes back and, you know, playing come to, come, come with us. Right, and at the... Uh, you know, M. Night did such a fan-fucking-tastic job of convincing everybody that uh, Bruce Willis was alive, that he, he then had to do the same sort of editing trick to make us realize, oh, he was dead all along and we just didn't, we hold didn't on. put it together.
0: Now, ho- now hold <laughs> on just one quick little second. Yes. Not that I disagree with you, but I do want to point out that those actually, those two sequences serve very different purposes In plane strains and automobiles. It is strictly schmaltz and it's just to relive the moment from an hour ago. But in the sixth sense, I feel like he's showing moments where presumably we would remember them having interaction and, and basically demonstrating how it works. Like, no, if you look at those scenes again like if you look at those scenes again but now realizing that he's not there, her actions in those flashbacks are like are completely compatible with in reality her being alone.
1: Yes. Um okay, but now I'm going to stop you. You've had your say and I'm going to counterpoint, uh... which is in both movies we are presumably looking at them it's not for schmaltz purposes. It's so that Steve it's De- Steve Martin character is supposed to sit on that train and realize that he misunderstood and that John Candy doesn't have a wife and a family to go home to, that he's got nothing and that he should go take care of him. Yeah, that's a small, schmaltzy realization to come to. But really what it is, is that character has to have a realization and he has to visualize that realization for the audience. Okay. And so we see those little bits and pieces from the point of view of Steve Martin's character going, oh, if you put all these things I remember together, it tells a different story. It tells, a st- uh, you know, it tells the story that John is, was lying. And it, in the case of, of The Sixth Sense, what's the name of the little boy? Haley Joel Osment. Haley Joel Osment says, I see dead people. They don't realize they're dead. And so the character that uh, Bruce Willis is playing is realizing that he's dead and that's happening we're seeing what he's realizing because uh, m night is showing different bits and pieces that he then is is supposedly putting together we're seeing essentially his thoughts in both cases right. it's about a character realizing something but it also then serves the purpose to explain it to the audience and my argument is if you did it properly not so much in the case of m night i give him i give him a pass there but uh, certainly John Hughes gets no pass. It, it's just no. th- there's a better way to do it, and I feel like it's either I didn't do my job as a screenwriter slash director or whatever, or the audience is just not dumb enough to figure it out. Or it's too dumb to figure it out, I mean. Now, I'm sorry.
0: Yes. That's okay. No,
1: that's okay. Good, good, good.
0: Now, since, since we've been we've been building up towards it uh, chronologically and yes. just leapfrogged over for a minute, let's talk about the death of John Krasinski. yes. I have you first. such a huge problem with it. It's not even funny. I have two problems. Two problems linked together. It's a twin-headed Hydra. Yes. Okay. All I kept thinking when he's signing to her yeah. that I always loved you and, and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was a little one-sided but more importantly all I kept thinking is why wouldn't you want The last sound your children are going to remember of you be anything other than saying, I love you, I've always loved you, you're the greatest thing, blah, 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 all this stuff. As much of that as you can get in while you're running in the opposite direction... So that, A, you put more distance between the beast and yeah. them, giving yeah. them more chance to get away, and B, so that they don't have to see their father getting <laughs> eviscerated by this thing. Okay. All right. Again, not even a parent. I'm right. not even a parent yet, and
1: right. that's you're just a human. That's being. what
0: that's what's coursing through my veins as I watch this movie.
1: Right, um, that's funny. Okay, I thought you were going to go down the line of did he have to die? Didn't he have to die? You were just going, oh no, he's dying. But let's not do it this way. Um, Correct. Yes, it felt like a very uh, you've you've uh, you and I especially
0: and I also didn't like it. Uh, uh, yeah. On top of all that, the cherry on that cake is. Yeah. Because we already saw a guy just give up and let out this cathartic primal scream, yep. and and let that be his death by cop, yep, yep. you know. So right, so to it see takes Krasinski
1: do it now. It's like, well, exactly. You get the idea from the old man, right? It lessens the emotional power of Kaczynski doing it. An argument completely. can be made. An argument can be made that the old man doing it structurally then kind of opens the door for Krasinski to do it. But what they really needed was a flashback of Krasinski thinking about the old man doing it and then doing it himself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that made me so happy. No, listen, I'm really pissed about all of this. First of all, they they built these characters up to be sort of smart and they're going to do all these clever things and they're going to lay down the sand and all of that. I never had this. This movie has a lot of dread in it. Yes, but I never and which I love the idea of, but I never felt like it had the sort of dread where I went, oh, it's inevitable that one or all of these guys are going to die. I thought it was a possibility that one of the parents would die. But in any case, um, it didn't feel like it absolutely had to happen, but they wanted to build up this idea that they had sand. They were laying out these sand trails and they were doing all these, you know, playing smart with the things. smart things to reduce, reduce, reduce the amount of sound they're making. Um, and so that made me hope that they would come up with a better idea of how to, how to solve the problem when it finally came, because they seem to know when they're all separated, he finds the wife and, and she's like, Oh my God, where are the kids? What's going on with the kids? He's like, they know what to do. They know what to do. You know, there was apparently some sort of plan. She was like, well, what about little, you know, Jasper or whatever that guy's name was. And he goes, you know, he knows what he's supposed to do. You light the fireworks and then you stay there. Right. But he didn't stay there. John didn't even necessarily look there. It seemed like none of, none of, nobody was following whatever plan that they supposedly had.
0: Well, that may be. But I think also in the case, I think uh, Junior. Yes. Junior was staying there until he heard rustling in the corn. Right. You know what also rustles something the corn? Was, that something was Win. moving in on him. And so he <laughs> thought, I better make a run for it. I'm going to go in the direction right. of the house.
1: Well, hang on a second, dude. Then he's no better than that little yeah. fucking he's no better than that little fucking turd from the beginning. Running through a cornfield is not the quietest way to get away from something. You're in a little hole, stay where you are and stay quiet.
0: He's a little kid.
1: Right. Whatever, whatever. So Never. whatever. So here's the thing. John Krasinski seems to know that water hides the sound of life. Why not live by the waterfall? Why not live here's near a, a place? Here's a better that, suggestion. Yes, uh, nothing's better than that. But go on.
0: Oh, I uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> go we on. Let the audience. I, no, let no. our listeners be the judge. I, um, I, no, didn't I didn't better for you. If that's true, yes. Okay, and you apparently have a speaker system outside. Yes,
1: exactly.
0: Why not just play? ambient waterfall at high volume
1: or yes, and you are secured yeah. a
0: sonic perimeter yeah. that they will not enter.
1: Yes. I that's yes. I was the waterfall was my first foray. It was my opening shot in a, in an assault on this idea that they could have, you know, they had this all these little, Oh, he's going to go light fireworks off. Well, fuck it. Fill, fill the top of the um silo with a hundred thousand marbles. <laughs> and set up a system by which if the creatures are coming, you do a p- push the button, pull a lever, and those marbles drop inside, not into corn, but into an empty metal silo, that'll make a lot of noise and bring the things, you know, there's like a million different ways they could have done to uh, to yeah. rig things well, and yeah. or just audio-wise just had a, had a constant source of noise that the, the things would investigate in the beginning and then they would become bored of those sounds and they would leave them alone. Question. Yes. Shit, I forgot what it was. <laughs> so my feeling no. was I, I, yeah, go on.
0: Um, okay. Question. Yes. If, if the hearing is on these things is so sharp yes. that, you know, if you, if, if you fart, you're dead, right? Yeah. You're gonna right. Just come out of nowhere at this blinding fury and snatch you up. Right. Yes well then it would seem to me that fireworks are not a good idea because fireworks make the noise while they're in the air so wouldn't these supersonic hearing creatures realize that's a noise coming from way up in the sky that's not the
1: right like, right
0: i certainly think then, it's they, a, yeah. they all, then they all should have started to magically fly up to that noise no, they're not going to do that because they don't fly. So <laughs>
1: Right. It seems seem, like a it very... seemed to
0: me like you, you would you would want to shoot off like a noisemaker or something that's going to at a distance be at mm-hmm. ground level when it's making the distraction.
1: Right. I I agree completely. I, I absolutely agree that the fireworks were visually a great idea to have a shot of, you know, uh, John Krasinski running down a road past a cornfield with fireworks in the background and he's got a, he's got a shotgun in his hand. And, and it's all these sort of like, what is going on here? It makes a great image uh, to see in a trailer or whatever, but it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily follow that. It it sort of hinted at this idea was, Oh, they were smart and they prepared, but then there was nothing else to really back that up. So I suppose he did deserve to die, but I didn't want to see him die. I wanted to see them find a the smart way out of it.
0: How would you feel about them having a shotgun as like a last resort?
1: Well, I felt like it was more for us than for them because they had established that these, the shotgun isn't going to do any good to these things. And so right. grabbing it and having it. I mean, he might have grabbed it because there was a possibility that it wasn't the creatures, but it was human beings who had come and caused trouble.
0: Yeah, except they would call his bluff saying, what are you going to do, shoot me? And then have these guys come over and eat you? I understand. Oh, no, because they would, I guess, go to the, well, yeah, if they went to the exact sound source, then it would be where the the hammer hits the shell.
1: Right, right. So, I mean, I'm not sure what he was gaining by grabbing that and going through the house. It looks a lot better than him walking through with a feather duster. I mean, it makes a better shot, a more exciting beat, but I don't really understand what the character was thinking unless he was thinking that there might be humans or there might be bears. There might be something that...
0: Or I guess, or actually, you know what, to be fair, maybe the thinking is, is okay, if we're up against one and maybe one shot does it, we'll just freeze and hold our breaths when the yeah, others who are attracted right. by that noise come around. Right. All right, maybe it's not. I mean, it's in the last resort, I guess. What the fuck? Else?
1: <laughs> All right, so so then, then we're now down to sort of the very end. Part of it was to establish the shotgun, just flat out establish it, I think, because they, they had it again at the very end and they needed it at the very end for the story. So um, in any case, so what we learn is that the girls – uh, implant and the feedback that it creates causes these things, their armor plating to shimmer or shiver in such a way, to flash flash out in such a way that it then exposes them and makes them vulnerable to the shotgun blast.
0: Yes, okay. Right. And and, it, 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 the armor kind of... Yeah, it's like, it's like from, raising yeah.
1: the visor on your armor. Um, right. There's like, a, now you've got this, they had a slightly bigger hole in that case, you should pardon the expression. So... Um, so she so she, sh- <laughs> she shoots it it's dead that's fantastic news that's a hooray and what bothered me subsequent to that was you know basically it's like you know then you see shots that the other two are running in so now we know oh no we're you know it's, it, it's not over yet I just don't know how many shells are in that gun I'm going to assume there's at least that it held four it did not look like the kind of gun that held eight it looked like maybe the kind of gun that held two, in which case she was going to be one shell short. So I'll just assume she has enough shells because they leave it on her racking the, the uh, you know, shell into the chamber uh, with that, you know, fantastic sound. Yeah. You know, bring them on. Here they let them in. Whatever it is. So. So. Yeah. Couple things I want to talk about. Uh, not not big extended things, but there were other things that I've other movies I've thought about since then. Even while I was sitting and watching. And oh yeah, yeah let's, them. Them. yeah. let's
0: hear them. Yeah, let's hear.
1: I was thinking about first of all, Wait Until Dark, from nineteen sixty seven, uh, starring Audrey Hepburn, Alan Arkin, Richard Crenna. Yes. Based on a play uh, turned into a screenplay. It's about a uh, the description here. a recently blinded woman is terrorized by a trio of thugs while they search for a heroin stuffed doll that they believe is in her apartment. And so it's the, this idea, this idea that here's somebody with a particular limitation, in her case, it's it's she's blind. And so they can be in her room without her seeing them. And so it creates some of that same sort of tension that we have with M- Millicent's character and, you Mm -hmm. know, and the creatures. And so that, and I remember watching that movie and having a pretty good time. I didn't watch it in 1967. I probably watched it in the early 80s or mid 80s. Have you seen it?
0: I actually have not. I've seen clips and I know the film. I mean, I know the film you're talking about. Right, right. But um, no, I actually never did get around to
1: that. You know, it's a very, it's a a young Alan Arkin and he is, uh, you know, everyone does a kind of a serviceable job and it was, it was kind of fun, but the, the goal when they take a play and they move it to the screen often is to open it up somehow and, and make it yeah. so that it's not all just in one room as it might be on stage. And here it's all in one room, but it doesn't have any real grit to it. You, you know, you're sort of aware the whole time that it's a set. It might as well be a play, but I still, I still kind of like it. I have affinity for it. Um, and just speaking of Alan Arkin, have you ever seen The Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming? Oh. <laughs> I can't tell what oh, that noise is. Oh yeah, means. man! Yes. With uh oh, no I forgot his name. Uh, Rob Reiner's dad, uh, Carl Reiner. Carl Reiner. Carl Reiner. And it's that's that perfect kind of '60s sort of big sort of wacky comedy, not quite Mad 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 World or whatever, but
0: no, but in that know, in that league, definitely. yeah, it
1: definitely feels a bit like that broad so, broad farce. So apparently, you hated it, but I was oh, going to say. I did vault Let me tell you something, Vitikovolt. Um because when he first asked him what's your name, he says Whitaker. Uh Walt. So he becomes vault as he's speaking to Alan Arkin, who plays a, a Russian submarine captain, I think, or something. I kinda I have a soft spot for that movie as well. So I sorry. I know I in these times
0: maybe it's right for Oh a, that's true. Re- Bring it back.
1: Bring it back. So I know um, I mentioned get out, but there's also another one <clears throat> that is much more recent, twenty seventeen. Starring the uh, eye candy Joel Edgerton um, is the only uh, person whose name in it you would recognize, I think. It's a a family in a house, sort of trapped, sort of in a house type scenario. Uh, It's a movie called It Comes at Night. Have you seen that? No. Secure within a desolate home as an unnatural threat terrorizes the world, a man has established a tenuous domestic order with his wife and son. Then a desperate young family arrives seeking refuge. Uh, it's a good movie. I mean, you can hear how it has some similarities, that there's some sort of external threat to the family's well-being and that they have, they have to live their life in a very – because it comes at night, right? Right. In this in our movie, A Quiet Place, Don't Make a Noise, in this movie, at night there is no safety if you're not inside. Hmm. And that everything is limited because supplies are running out, and so on and so forth. So when a family turns up saying, Hey, we need, you know, can we share this space with you? It's a really hard choice to make. And it's a it's a good, scary movie that really does look a bit at who people are and how they behave and so on and so forth. I do uh, recommend it. And I'm so glad that you haven't seen it. And I'm thinking maybe others listening haven't seen it. So go out and find that one. You can skip, uh, (laughs) you can skip, uh, wait until dark. (laughs) And you can, you know, go ahead and skip Russians are coming while you're at it. But uh, it comes at night. It would be a good companion piece for this movie. And And it might, it might end up having some of those same things where you go, well, wait a minute. Why would they this when they're that? And it, you know, that definitely could be in there. Uh, I wanted to touch really briefly on something, which is that... Before you do... Yeah, 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 yeah. Do, go
0: ahead, go ahead. If I, if, let me counter. I thought of a couple of movies also. Oh, yeah, yeah. Probably unconventional ones. Um, <laughs> Good. One One was um, Castaway, that the Bob Zemeckis film with uh, sure. Tom Hanks. Sure, sure. Just because there was such an extended period of time with no dialogue, but just sound. right. Right. Now granted it didn't necessarily, you know, except for one joke with the fallen coconut, it didn't really use sound <laughs> as a communicative device. It was just right. There was just no dialogue, which was refreshing. Mhm. And then the other one was uh, a film from the late 80s, I think 87 or 88. Yeah. If you remember this movie called Dead Calm
1: I remember the movie. T- I remember the title, but I can't think of what it is. Tell me. Sam
0: Neill, very young Nicole Kidman. It's her first Is this Them on
1: the Boat? Action. Yep. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Yes. That oh. too.
0: There's a, there, there are long stretches without dialogue. Yes. And the sound becomes a very oppressive figure.
1: Good call, to Unlike Cole Kidman. Unlike this film, where I felt
0: like sound was mixed down conveniently at a lot
1: of occasions. Mm, okay, you feel like the the sound is more realistically played in *Dead Calm*.
0: Well, you know, yes. I mean, I think there's also something to be said for the sensitivity to vibration that the deaf apparently have. Right, and you so Presumably, mention... these creatures would, would, would sense vibrations around them too. I mean, at one point, he's going through the house, and he knows to put his claw hand on a on a banister. Right now, explain that one to me. I don't know because the banister's not giving off any noise
1: or vibrations. Well, it's not, but they, he can't but it, see anything. But hold on a second; it's able to look. You're quibbling a little bit when you when you point out the banister. It came through a doorway, so it had to know the doorway existed. It's it it navigates the real the physical world, so it must have some sonar like way of testing where things are, or it would just bump into every tree in the forest.
0: Right, but then wouldn't it be able to tell when that thing is moving?
1: Yes, it would probably. So then standing I don't absolutely think, still I don't is think as half important. Of,
0: I don't think half the scenes involve where where. Human beings are being silent and there's a creature around Uh work if you, if you apply that deep a logic to it. Okay. That, that's, and, and you know what, that actually, that kind of crystallizes how I feel about the movie in general. I feel like it was, it was well done. It's, it's good to look at.
1: Right. If you buy the set of rules that they say exist for that world to happen then it it holds its own sort of, but any kind of real pressure on those rules kind of unravels the thing.
0: Yeah, it be, it became like the Swiss Family Robinson version of this story. <laughs> right, Didn't Swiss Family
1: Robinson. Right, exactly. Did you mention Billy Zane when you were talking about Dead Calm? Uh,
0: I, I I think I, I dropped his name in as you okay. realized
1: that, that was the movie. Gotcha. He was phenomenal in that as well. It's a that's a really good movie. Thank you for bringing it up. Yeah, under, sure. Under any circumstances, thank you. I just wanted to touch on the fact that, and there was yes. a little, a couple of trivia things too. This uh, movie was, it, John Krasinski has a screenwriting credit on it, but he is not the original writer.
0: No, it's two guys, right? Yeah,
1: Brian Woods and Scott Beck wrote, their original uh, screenplay had one line of dialogue in it. I'd actually be interested in reading that script.
0: I would be I would be interested in reading that too, if only for the one line.
1: Yeah, exactly. And where it came. And you know what? It was probably when he was sacrificing himself, because that's when you want him to say something. But anyway.
0: Yeah, and, and you know what? I bet the line is I love you. Right. The last thing you'd want you to hear the, you your kids to remember you saying.
1: Right. Uh, John Krasinski at some point played the monster in a motion capture suit. Oh nice. In a, in a Take that Eddie circus. <laughs> um and let's see krasinski had a, received a tweet from stephen king Ugh. regarding uh, stephen king having seen the movie why do you why do you uh already you're pre-groaning
0: just because it's stephen king but go okay ahead.
1: <laughs> a quiet place is an extraordinary piece of work terrific acting but the main thing is the silence and how you make the camera's eye open wide in a way few movies manage, and I thought that was a fair. It sort of spoke to that kind of experience I was having, where I like my my senses were heightened while I was watching it.
0: Yes, like like you said to your point before, it was nice to have a movie that, as opposed to obliterating our ears with a repressibly loud. You're right level of noise.
1: It's just a cacophony at the end of those in those battle yeah. scenes with buildings falling and armor being punched and everything else. This is right. rather long. I'm going to try to parse it out. But um, Paramount Pictures, when when Beck and Woods originally you know got the script there or whatever, um, intended to incorporate the, uh, a quiet place into the studio's Cloverfield universe. Oh, Clover, sure. Cloverfield was a movie sure. I was thinking of while I was watching this. Yes. As well. Yes. And so I went, Oh well. Oh, that's interesting. Um, Although I
0: hate to say it, I, I thought about Cloverfield more because of the physical similarity of the creatures okay. between those two movies right. than because of anything story-wise.
1: Well I've got I've got something to say about the creatures, that's the next little beat, bit, but they hated the idea that their sort of unique original thing would then be sort of shoehorned into any kind of a a pre existing Right. franchise, um, and then just sort of deprive it from being its own thing based on the DNA. Anyway,
0: unlike the creators of 10 Cloverfield Lane,
1: <laughs> we were more um, than happy. Took that bait. Yes, and... absolutely. The seller was the original uh, title, I think. Um, anyway, the, this uh, let's see, screenwriters and the director Krasinski were ultimately relieved when Paramount finally decided to let them to make it as a standalone. He, uh, w- uh, one of the writers says one of our biggest fears was that it would get swept up into a franchise or repurposed. Um, and they say, look, we love, we love the Cloverfield movies. They're excellent. But, you know, we just wanted to have it be its own thing. And that's what Paramount finally embraced. Uh, the creature, John Krasinski, turned to uh, ILM for help designing and i don't know if also building the creature but here's the thing stop for a second and look at that creature and i can't help but think of stranger things and the demogorgon yeah Uh, and, and and stranger things had to have i mean certainly even if this was in development on the technical side on like the 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 side of the creature for a little while yeah it has to predate them It has to. Hmm. So I feel like maybe a little longer at the creature design to just take it a little further away from that, that thing. Oh, while I'm thinking of it, why did the, and that kind of disappointed me at the very end when I finally started seeing it full on. I went, oh no. Why didn't the creature sink into the corn? I wanted to see that happen very badly.
0: Good point.
1: Um, you mm-hmm. never actually quite see it in there. You know it's in there because of some stuff that's going on, but you never get kind of a wide shot of how it's situated. Maybe it's holding on to the edge of the building. No, it's because it's at that point it's just in the silo. The silo is just regular silo walls, so perhaps it has a hold of something, and I just have to do the heavy lifting again. Um, kind mm-hmm. of bugs me a little bit. One last thing, and I thought of this while I was watching the movie. As soon as it went 489 days later and I saw John Krasinski, yeah, sitting in a the movie theater, I thought I had this thought, and it turns out to be one of the little trivia pieces on the um, on the uh, IMDb trivia page. The opening sequence was the last to be shot, as it required John Krasinski to shave most of his beard. Oh, sure. As yeah, soon as I saw sense. him in the second part, I went, "Oh, I see." They shot the opening last, hmm. but that's why I ruin everything for myself. I and others, <laughs> good, yes. Then I've Tim, done my – you're not alone. I, I've done my job. In the suffering think, of you. I think I said everything I need to say for this movie. Do you have anything left? Well, not so much a
0: final wrap-up, but I did have – I wanted to touch on one thing very, yeah. very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, So when they establish him going up to the top of the uh, ta- of the water tower yeah. and setting a fire. And then there's a mm-hmm. shot of the landscape and three or four other distant fires uh-huh. going on. That's supposed to indicate that there are other people, little cluster little pockets of people, pockets of alive, humanity, setting I think those so. fires. Because later, when the kids are up there, he's up there. There,
1: there are none anymore. So, oh, I didn't realize that there were none later.
0: When they come oh, across the old man yeah. in that house, mm-hmm. was that a surprise to them that that house was there? It was felt- he going to check up on one of these other people and. Got there just as the guy went nuts. Like,
1: yes, you're absolutely felt a little right. bit
0: like, what's the, where's the geography of?
1: No, I of think this? you're right. And I think they, you're right. I hadn't realized that the fires were gone later. You're probably absolutely right. I did ask myself. I went through and did a little math of like, if there are pockets of humanity, why don't they all get together? And then I thought, well, that might just make all of them more vulnerable to somebody's stupid kid. Yeah, or who starts or, yelling or, you know, something happens and then everybody gets what happens out, when they
0: so. sneeze. They sneeze and cough. <laughs>
1: they have a sick there's, kid. What is there's this? There's no more sneezing or coughing. <sighs> that's oh, my God, you're so funny. This is ripe for parody. So uh, I yeah, if you think about a, it, the
0: beginning of that movie, the logic is not to go and get the, not to send one person out to get the medicine, but for all of us to bring the sick kid to the medicine and then take him back home and leave the medicine there.
1: <laughs> oh my god, we're back to that again. This feels like sure. a good this feels like a good place to end, but let me ask you one more question. They clearly yes. set themselves up for a sequel. They made it for 17 million and I think it's rocketing towards 100. I know it's well over 50, so they've made their money and then some. By the time they hit 51 million, by the math that Hollywood uses, it's already ripe for a uh, for a remake. Where sequel, you mean? Sequel, yeah, no, no, a remake. They'll be rebooting it in another two years. Would you be interested in seeing a sequel? Are you done with these characters and uh, this franchise? Okay. Done with the
0: characters and this and the world that that they created around them. Gotcha, okay. The, the, The filmmakers, that is.
1: All right, and let's just assume that there is one. Do you think, John, this was his third movie. The first two were like little indie talky type movies. One was called, you know... The Hollers, I think, H A H O L L A R S, about a family. Uh, He did some little smaller films. Do you think... Is that a film about
0: people who can only only holler at each (laughs) other? Can only yell at each other. People shouting?
1: That would be be very funny. He's doing a Jack Ryan TV series right now called Jack Ryan. Uh, But let me just look at The Hollers quickly. Uh, Because it has a cast I really like. It's Margot Martindale. Who I love and Richard Jenkins, who I love, um, among other people, and it was directed by John Krasinski, and it's a man returns to his small hometown after learning that his mother has fallen ill and is about to undergo surgery. And I saw it; it was a quite quiet, sweet family movie. <clears throat> but I feel like he he did a much better job with this higher concept type material. Yes, than than he did uh, with you know any just sort of like so many different directors could have directed those other pieces. Um, but I feel like yeah, as they could have this one too. But I feel like this was more competently made somehow. I would agree. Uh, so I'm out. I'm spent, man. Uh, I would two. close. I would close by saying, if you fully check your head at the door, this could be a fun. This can be a fun little ride. But if you start questioning it too much, it sort of falls apart. And there were some really, really special little moments. I love that thing at the waterfall where the boy just lets out a howl. I mean if I have to buy all of this other stuff and and accept it just to be able to watch him do that I kind of am okay with with that and so I feel like the little moments kind of paid off for what I felt I had to had to you know the indulgences I had to give them but so generally speaking I'm positive on this movie
0: yeah but, I, I would say if you check uh, reality at the door then it'll be <laughs> a fun first view and i I don't think this is gonna have um, cult longevity I could could very well be wrong.
1: Right. And, well, here's the thing, though. I would say if you haven't – look, if you haven't seen it, you're not listening to this. But I don't think this is something you should sit at home and watch. No. I think you should be in a room with other people.
0: Well, frankly, that's how I felt about the Blair Witch Project, the very first one. (laughs) I felt like that was very effective up on the big screen when you were immersed in that environment and that point of view. But it doesn't work on TV. Right,
1: right. To some extent, I can feel that here, too. What? I feel obligated, but I, I'm not going to, I don't think, considering how far into this we are, to talk about my Blair Witch experience, which I think is uh, worth noting if I haven't done it on the
0: show uh, you, uh, you, you and I, our, our Blair Witch experience is somewhat connected, so uh, it could be an we'll episode, do it another all time. of its own. I had, I had some <laughs> nerve dropping it at... You know, at the
1: this. market, which I did, which is a fastly <laughs> approaching the length of A Quiet Place itself. So we uh, this film. is true. We need to stop. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to thank you for listening for now. And until next time, the doctors are out. Do you want to uh, light this bitch up?
0: I think I'll light this bitch up.